This is the FM Gold channel of All India Radio. In the program Spotlight, we now bring you a discussion on climate change and in India. The participants are Dr. C.K. Varshni, environmentalist, and Urmi Goswami, journalist. Years just begun, but bad news on the climate front seems to have caught up with the new year. Hearing of floods in Jakarta, Indonesia, they're the worst ever floods. Worse than February 2007 extreme weather events that they had, Jakarta have already received 377 millimeters of rainfall, which is more than what they received in 2007, which is 340 millimeters. Of course, the event, the extreme event is in that sense not in the hands of human beings per se, but it's happening in the backdrop of the failed talks in Madrid and under the UN FCCC, which was negotiating on climate change. That conference, German Watch and the New Climate Institute released this report, Climate Change Performance Index. Now, this index, of course, looks at various countries, and about 57 countries are assessed, and the European Union. These are the high-emitting countries. to see how they are performing india performed pretty well coming in at number 9 which is an improvement over its previous performance in the index now that we are in the new year how do you see things going forward i mean on one hand you have the good news of india sort of being among the better performers the fact is that nature is still telling us that action needs to happen of course it is very good and uh, gives great confidence that we are doing reasonably well on the global climate change containing activities but at the same time the worry is very large because we require more action and we require enthusiastic action by all the countries concerned which unfortunately is not coming forward so this is something which is a very dampening and as regard the flooding of jakarta goes i think there are many factors it is not the madrid but many things which are legacy issues which are really responsible for this that is things which have happened for decades ago madrid could be imagined these are the cumulative effects which are now precipitating in form of this kind of a devastation you see the climate change acquires different kind of approach or different kind of uh, impacts at different places on different times for example during summer it is really the hot weather which is creating a situation where people have to migrate and leave their traditional homes at the same time during the rainy season or even off the rainy season absolutely incessant rains because larger the temperature higher the temperature more evaporation and there is no way that this water can be contained so ultimately it has to come down you know there is a long saying what goes up must come down and all that water has to come down more evaporation more rainfall more water more snowfall and we are seeing and witnessing it so somewhere it is a high and unprecedented snowfall in some places it's rainfall and in some places it's a question of uh, drought as well as crop failure so i think these are various manifestations of this climate change in fact the climate change has not been properly understood in its all dimensions left right center and up and down it has a 360 degree dimension and that is the reason that largely our effort has been to contain the emission but that is only one aspect of it there are many others for example when you have high temperature then you start drawing more water from the ground so jakarta's problems are far more complex than merely the rainfall which we will discuss as we move forward uh, to drill down on the climate change performance index where india was listed at number 9 it looks at four basic four parameters one is gg emission the other is renewable energy then is energy use and climate policy 
And in India's case, it's actually it's renewable energy focus that has put it at number nine because it's seen as aggressive, very forward-looking, and obviously 175 gigawatts by 2022 and 40% energy capacity from non-fossil fuel sources by 2030 is pretty much a very ambitious effort, and it's a sizable effort. Interesting part of the story is that while we must celebrate our renewable energy policy, the fact is this index is just a snapshot in time. And we need to put in place these other policies that look at what you mentioned just now, the 360-degree approach to climate change. And I'm wondering, the world is in one place. Of course, globally, we have to act. But how much of a 360-degree approach are we taking in India itself? I will say that much more needs to be done. It is not 360-degree yet, but I think the time is not very far when this will become absolutely essential. We cannot escape this. For example, you see the Chennai we can say a water insolvency of that city. And this kind of a situation is going to take place in many other mega cities, which are either on the coast or in the hinterland. And these are the situations which we have to face. And without water and the polluted air all over, which in its geography is increasing every day, these are very serious concerns. Of course, emissions have to go up because we have to really provide safe power, to everyone, which is reliable and which is defendable, which means that although our mix of fossil fuel with the renewable energy is going to increase, but even then, in absolute terms, our energy use from the fossil fuel is also going to increase. And you will see the latest data of the Coal India that already 7% they have been able to mine more this year, and they hope to do and increase their production further. All these factors are very clear indication that we have to really resist this and we have to see that we do something by which our agriculture becomes assured. We are able to use energy with greater efficiency, but it is certain that whatever we have done so far and whatever little means that we have and whatever is the size of the population that the country carries, our efforts are really worth praising. But we have to continue with this and it's a challenge how far we can continue to maintain this and able to improve further. Professor Vashini, if I put the question slightly differently, because since Paris, when we first made this a gambit of, of higher renewable energy, the International Solar Alliance, then more recently, increasing our target from 175 to 450 gigawatts, because the CEA said 2030, though the Prime Minister did not announce any dateline for it, no timeline for it, but the CEA puts it at, uh, at 2030, We are talking about ambition, but again, in a very limited field, we also have spoken about land degradation. We have done many little, little things, as you said, which mean a lot in terms of our capacity, because we are, after all, a low-middle-income country. But let me sort of change the perspective around a little bit. The fact of the matter remains, this is no longer 1992, and it is not 2009, and it is not 2015. Science today is more robust about climate change and its impact than it has ever been. We are a vulnerable country. You have mentioned very often about the one neglected aspect, the sea level rise. And we have a 7,000 kilometer coastline. We have big cities on it. So these are our realities. And yes, we would want the world to act. But isn't there also the need for us to do much more, not just because of climate change, but because we need to transition to an economy which allows us to meet our development ends while being environmentally sound. So basically, moving to what is a circular economy 
in a more robust fashion. And do you see that happening? One is, do you think that transition needs to happen from a linear to a circular? And two, do you see that transition happening? What you have said is right, that we have to do much more. And irrespective of what the global community does, we have to protect our resources, we have to protect our people, we have to ensure good health to our people, and we have to provide and ensure all basic amenities which are required for survival. And for that matter, the adaptation becomes very important. And among various, I should say, availability and options that we have, circular economy is one of them. For example, the coastal cities need to be looked at in a very different perspective. Most of the pipe water supply is not enough for the growing metropolis which we have on our coast. And therefore, the groundwater mining is becoming more rampant and very fast. And in this context, I would like to give you an example of Jakarta which you mentioned that it is getting flooded. The three reasons which have really brought this kind of a misfortune to Jakarta is the following, that the west of Jakarta is already 50% drowned, and there is a permanent deluge on the land, and therefore their government has already decided that Kalimantan or the Borneo is going to be their next capital. And this kind of a shift becomes very, very difficult. History tells us that when the cities or the capitals are shifted, it is a very rigorous process, very torturous process, and very expensive process. Forget about Delhi, that when British India Company moved from Calcutta to Delhi, it has taken many years for New Delhi to really develop and come to a point where we are. We saw the impact on Calcutta. And the Calcutta itself is really sinking. You know, the Bangkok is sinking. So most of the large metropolitan cities, including New York, they are sinking because of the groundwater mining. So in Jakarta, three things have happened. First of all, rampant population growth as well as unplanned growth. And therefore, the coastal areas become the most vulnerable. And between 1 to 15 centimeters per year, it is sinking. You know, economic loss and the billions of dollars will be required. And during this process, the human torture and misery is going to be untold and estimated. And then excessive mining of the groundwater continues. Our case also, we have got many nice regulations and ideas and so on, but implementation is very poor. And here is a very good example that if you don't implement, then this kind of a situation comes where you have nothing to do but only really see before your own eyes your misfortune. And I think we should take lessons from that. So this is clearly a lesson to take. This is a live example of what can go wrong. India is now on its path of growth or more development work. We still have to build most of the infrastructure we need to build. We'll be building cities, which are all resource-intensive areas. Clearly, if we don't change the way we do things, change the way we approach resources, use them better, we'll waste less, build in a manner that's more sustainable, not only in terms of material use, but climatic conditions and so on and so forth. Basically, be sustainable through its life cycle. We are going to be in a situation that's probably worse than Jakarta is in now. Absolutely, because with our growing population and the growing demand and aspiration, it becomes absolutely necessary. The way that we have so far lived is no longer possible to survive on those lines. And I think there is a I should say, paradigm shift that need to be done. And for that, lot of thinking. And I should say the brainstorming has to be done in order to find out a new way of development, which is in harmony, where we use the natural resources in a manner that the natural services or the ecosystem services are really deployed 
rather than the mechanical and gray structures are created. And this kind of a shift in thinking is required right from the school level to the administrator and decision-making level. And I don't see that much thought is there and much awakening is there. And that is where it is. The school curricula, the university curricula, the practices, the engineering manuals all need to be changed dramatically than what they used to be. You see, Chennai is a case in point. It has suffered flooding. It has suffered drought. So in one season, people are dying and people are getting anxious because they don't have water. And at the same time, during the monsoon, it is getting flooded. So I think it's a very, very serious situation. Just one quickly another aspect. You know, uh, in this uh, index, we, the focus has been on renewable energy. But if you look at a lot of policies that have been put in place over the last few years, say in agriculture or relating to water, about preserving groundwater, more crop per drop kind of better irrigation, these are all things that can add to where we need to be. But do you get the sense that despite they just exist and we don't have totally wholesome view of how one contributes to the other, are we still looking at the world in silos? We have to see the interconnectivities because one thing affects the other in a very serious manner. The more drought is there, the more water is needed. And per unit of food production, in fact, more water is required. This per drop, more crop is a very good slogan and a very good philosophy. But to implement and to really operationalize it, you require infrastructure. You require change of attitude on the part of the cultivator or the farmer. And for that, you require considerable amount of, I should say, workshops and personal contact and programs to really make them understand the advantage as well as to make them familiar with this technology so that they do it, adopt it as their own practice. So that is a moment to, for us to celebrate. But the path ahead is long and arduous and we need to revisit the way we look at our economy in a more wholesome way, in a holistic way, which links the various segments together. It's not just renewable energy that's going to make the world secure for us, but basically looking at the interconnectedness that you spoke about. Thank you, Professor Varshini. You were listening to a discussion on climate change in India. The participants were Dr. C.K. Varshini, environmentalist, and Urmi Goswami, journalist. This program was produced and presented by the News Services Division of All India Radio. This program is also available on our website, newsonair.com. You can also follow us on the News on AIR app for updates. You may email your opinion about this program at airnsdtalks at gmail.com.